Cambridge Breakfast with Julian Clover. Across our university city and South Cambridgeshire. Cambridge 105 Radio. David Kane is here from uh, the Cambridge Festival, uh, which remarkably gets underway in uh, a few weeks' time. And uh, morning to you, David. Morning. Thank, thank you for having us. Thank you very much for coming in. Uh, nice to have you in the studio as well. Uh, must, must add that. And a few weeks to go, and tickets not yet on sale for the event. So I, I guess everything is sort of coming together at the moment, isn't it? We're nearly there. There's lots of kind of the hard work going on behind the scenes that nobody nobody sees, and then the festival kind of is upon us shortly. So yeah, so, so we're fi- putting the finishing touches to the festival at the moment, and uh, the full programme and bookings for people will launch on the 13th of February, so just under three weeks, not too far away at all. Okay, not long to go. And what sort of stage are you at? Have you, have you got like all the people and then just sort of uh, adjusting the precise timings? Or I, I actually maybe it's it's already done and you're you're nervously thinking oh i do hope we didn't miss anything of those programs we've just sent to the printers F- fine tuning i think so. yeah <laughs> i think it's the fairest thing to say at the moment um everything's in place all the programs in place and the venues and kind of all, all the important stuff and we're just fine tuning at the moment is there a particular theme to this year's talks i know there's often one or more which kind of bind things loosely together we've got a number of themes to be honest with you we, we've kind of moved to having four set themes to make to, to look at how the research is relevant to, to people who are coming along so we have our themes of the environment society health and discovery but we've got a fifth theme this year for of power so we're looking at power relationships and it links into a lot of work that the museums across cambridge are doing at the moment in terms of power and the stories we tell and, and ownership of objects within museums as well okay and i guess this is one of the key things about the cambridge festival is that you can bring together various I guess, departments and organisations from around the University of Cambridge, like Jim Phelps at the beginning of an edition of Mission Impossible, picking his team, which are going to be um, taking part in that particular mission. I'm just trying to think who in our team's Tom Cruise. <laughs> 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 Very good point. I quite like, I quite like that analogy. Um, yeah, so... The University of Cambridge kind of and the public engagement team runs and delivers the festival, but it's very much a partnership across Cambridge. So Anglia Ruskin University, a key partner, um, the Centre for Visual and Performing Arts uh, uh, now now work with us on it, and lots of different institutions and, and organisations, and, and, and people like the Mill Road History Society, very close to here, are part of the festival too. So the university leads it, but it kind of expands out, and the community is a very key part of that as well. And it came out of two festivals i think initially at least um, before the heady days of the the pandemic it was the the combination if i recall of the uh, the festival of ideas and the science festival and you decided it was a bit better to bring them together as one and it's kept that way yeah absolutely so so we used to have the science festival and the arts and humanities festival and we felt we wanted to look at kind of the big topics that mattered to people but from different perspectives so rather than just saying well this is a science thing because it's to do with medicine or health or this is a you know a, a art thing because it's to do with history we kind of want to look at the big topics like climate change and like democracy but from different perspectives um, so we brought it together to bring a real cross-disciplinary approach to, to, to what we do um, and we, we want to keep going with that because we think we don't want to just say you know things are kind of pigeonholed into different areas we want to bring as broad a perspective as we can to the, the issues which matter to people and does does the university how can i put this does the university have a view you know if i if i sit here i am you know for all intents and purposes i am the radio station so my my personal views don't particularly matter on anything they're not particularly interesting anyway um but as a radio station we have to 
we have to bring in all sides. Does the, does the university do that, or are there messages that you kind of want to, to put forward? I'm not accusing you of doing it covertly, I'm openly. <laughs> no, 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 I appreciate that. Um, I can't really speak for, for the whole of the university. <laughs> it's the same problem. <laughs> um, but I think we're just looking at each, each topic in each subject and looking at the relevance of it and trying to explain what the research shows, to be honest with you. I mean, there is an objectivity to it in terms of we're sharing the research which comes out of the university, but there are important issues which we want to, to highlight, such as climate change and, and, and you know, democracy and, and things like the war in Ukraine. So there are things which we do want to highlight, but bring in the research and a sense of objectivity or, or knowledge to, to what we're sharing. Mm. And, and who have you got uh, to come and uh, to tell us all of that? So we've got fantastic around, uh, around kind of the media and, and kind of bias in the media with uh, Emily Maitlis, she used to be on the BBC News Night. She's working with a researcher, Ayala Paniveski, and they're looking at how bias can be in the media and, and, and what that means to us in terms of fact-checking and our knowledge and, and how that works. And, so it, that, and it's a tricky one, isn't it? Particularly when you get, um, I don't accuse anybody in particular, but you will have politicians who basically keep on saying something which is wrong, I will get a note from a fact-check organisation saying it's wrong. The fact-check doesn't get the publicity, but the politician continuing to say the same same nonsense continues to be repeated. Yeah, so we're really interested in this. So, so Ayala's bringing kind of that research side of it, and, and Emily Maitlis will bring in her experience of working yes, in kind of, of the, the, the big media. So, yeah, really interested in that. Um, on kind of the science and space side of things, but again, very relevant to Cambridge, we've got the um, an event around the the last theory of Professor Hawkins. So there, there's a new book coming out from Thomas Herzog who, who worked with, with Professor Hawkins on his last theory about the origins of time. He's going to be joining the Astronomer Royal uh, Lord Martin Rees to discuss about the last theory of Hawkins, but the legacy. So what is the legacy of Stephen Hawkins to, to, to that areas of research? We just don't want his work sort of to, to fall off a cliff or, dare I say, into a black hole. <laughs> we, 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 we need other people to within the university, but I'm sure they probably are, uh, to, to pick it up and, and go forward with uh, it. Absolutely, and there's always a lot of interest in these areas, so we want to keep that legacy going. And another one I'd, I would pick out is we've got an, an event from uh, Brendan Birchall. It's looking at the four-day week, so there's been some research happening um, across Europe, but, but Locally in South Cambridge. I was going to well. say, we were talking about the South Cambridge shared yeah. bin service. It's probably those people <laughs> who are on those four day a week, isn't it? <laughs> it may be, it may be. Um, but they've done a piece of research into it, and there's going to be a, an, an event and a, a, a kind of a discussion at the festival about what that research shows us about the four day week and productivity. And we've got used to hybrid working and working in an office and working at home, but the research is looking at should we actually have a three day weekend? Should we move to a four day week? And does that make a difference to pro productivity? So we're, we're quite excited to see what that tells us. Can I say, I do quite enjoy doing this show Monday to Thursday and, and um, laying in bed listening to Linda presenting it on a, <laughs> on a Friday. <laughs> um, so, so we've got those and we, we've got a whole bunch of other stuff as well. So we've got our family weekend which is um, the end of March the 25th to 26th which is loads of hands-on activities come and have a try, trails to follow and talks and uh, events for, aimed at kind of a younger audience and a family audience as well. We've got that and, and this year we're really keen to bring in some artistic responses to to, 
to uh, research as well. So we've got a number of theatre shows and music events which are happening with partners such as Cambridge Junction as well. A bit of everything, yeah. by, by the sounds of things, which is uh, which is pretty good. And it's all free. That's the... Um, 99% that's the okay. events are free. Qualifying. <laughs> exactly. There's one or two, literally out of 360 events, there's one or two which, which are fee-paying, and that's normally when there's a, an artist involved which we, we have to kind of cover the cost of. But over 350 events are free. Um, and as I say, a number of them you are able to, to just arrive at, but some do require booking, and that's the February the 13th is when the programme and the bookings open for the festival. Right, well, I'm sure we'll probably speak or have one of your, your, your colleagues in to remind people um, around then. Is, do we, is it all turning up in person or is there an opportunity? I know some events have been doing a, a bit of a hybrid with the opportunity to go online or do you think that just keeps people away now i don't know it's a really good question and we, we don't quite know the answer today the, the answer to your question um Jill, is that yes there will be a hybrid element so there will be things which will be available online via our social media channels and our festival youtube channel as well which links from our, our website so some of our big talks and events and we're having some specially commissioned films as well they'll be available online um but we do want people to come out in person we do want people to have that experience of asking questions and joining other people to to listen to the these speakers and, and the speakers very much value having that two-way conversation so there's a mix of things um but we do want people to come out and we, we do know that the online has been really popular with local people too it's not just about reaching different corners of the globe local people tell us it's great because it's a wet rainy night and the traffic's bad and i can sit at home rather than coming out so there is a value to it but we really we really want to welcome people back into our spaces and to to see them to, yeah know, have that and, and it experience. is but it's so so strange i i find with well having having people like you in the studio with me. I, I, you know, I had some pretty good conversations over Zoom and continue to do so. Actually, there's nothing like having having the person in the room to you, and I'm, I'm sure it's the same uh, for the Cambridge Festival as well. Absolutely. We, we, we realised last year being back in person for the first time in nearly three years, just just listening to young... You know, we had a, a room full of people with Bobby Seagull and you could hear the laughter standing in the foyer of the young children on a Saturday morning. You don't get that when you're sat, sat in your back bedroom at home delivering a festival. That is, that is very true yeah. indeed. Uh, so, it uh, runs from Friday the 17th of March to Sunday the 2nd of April and remind me when those the programme and those events where you do need to book in advance, when can we do that from? So, all, all the, the best place for people to check on information is our festival website which is festival.cam.ac.uk and although all of the events and the programme will launch on February the 13th, it's just under three weeks, you can, if you go to the website now you can sign up for updates as well so if you want to be the first to, to, to know when the events are happening or if you would like to have a reminder about the bookings open, do go to the sign up page for updates for the festival but the website's a key place and i say that the events will, will launch on the festival website on the 13th of february and then it, all of the, the the delivery as it were so, that, so when we start doing things is the, the 17th of march i'm well, looking forward to all of those i've said a couple i might be uh, be interested in going to the emily makeless one the uh, uh, journalist within me of course uh, wants to uh, go along go along to that there's a couple other i see david runciman is uh, professor of politics at the university is is doing something as well so uh, plenty uh, yeah, to me and everybody else interested i think good to hear and if you if you if you like your music as well our, our partners anglo ruskin university have got a fantastic combat rock talk which is happening which is looking at northern ireland and the troubles but the music which came out of it and they're sharing across islands and looking at the stories of u2 and the undertones and all the other bands who were in in ireland in the 70s and the 80s ah, but excellent. how that links to the politics so if you like your music check that one out now, one of my one of my favorite albums in fact i think possibly one of the first ones ever bought on 
CD was from a Northern Irish band called uh, The Adventures. Uh, the, the album is uh, Broken Land, and it's uh, it's worth a listen almost Fantastic. for the uh, for the, the reasons that uh, you're talk- talking about there. Uh, David, good to see you. Uh, thanks for, uh, for for coming in, and we look forward to learning more about the uh, Cambridge Festival. Uh, David Kane, thanks very much. Cambridge Breakfast with Julian Clover. Cambridge.